Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episode 19 of season 4 and episode 141 of Fist of the North Star with a special guest. pretty good yeah that's quickly becoming one of my favorite resident evil games yeah it's good that they like capcom finally got everything like in order and made res like good resident evil games again it doesn't quite make <laughs> up for five and six no like at all no i actually so i watched like a complete series retrospective before i went to bed last night why well, it was 20 minutes, and also I was trying to figure out whether or not we were recording this thing, Why? so I figured that'd be a good way to kill time. I hate myself, like, if you want the actual reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's interesting watching that because you get through, like, it, it summarizes, you know, one through three, and it's like, oh, this sounds to totally normal, this is easy to wrap my head around, this is all pretty good. And then when it starts getting to, like, Code Veronica and everything, and you start seeing the plot, like, really go off the fucking rails. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they hit five again and get to the whole bit of Wesker and the volcano. Yeah, just like, fighting Wesker. It's a great like time. Flash, man. Somebody say Wesker. Yep. Yeah. Oops. Yes. <laughs> that was my keyword. <laughs> yeah. That was my cue. <laughs> you guys cued me in. Hi, hey, Larry. You fucked everything hey. up. I did it again. I broke the podcast. Great job. I Yes, that was specifically not supposed to be there. I, this is Jimmy. He's our guest hey. this time. <laughs> <laughs> we discussed uh, this. The best laid plans of mice <laughs> and men. Mm. Well, uh, so uh, Resident Evil 2, a game I've never played. Not even the original? No, I'm not a huge horror uh, anything. I don't do movies or uh, video games or any of those, so too much suspense. I, I generally uh, agree, horror. but like Resident Evil is like, it's kind of spooky at the beginning, and then about an hour in, you're wandering around with a rocket launcher, and yeah. Yeah, the takes tension the off. It's, yeah, sucked right out. Uh, I don't know, Mr. X is kind of freaking me out, uh, especially in the beast scenario, because you have to deal with him immediately when you don't have any weapons that are really good enough to do, deal with does him. Does he get... And I... I was going to ask, does he get despawned when you, like, get to the... Uh, like, after that Birkin fight? Because I went back up to get um, the extra stuff from Wesker's desk. Which was going to be... <laughs> oh, was this supposed to be where he was going to come in? Yes. Uh oh. I went up there and wandered around for a while, and he never showed up. I didn't even hear him anywhere. Larry? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he gets despawned during that. There's a bit in Claire's scenario when you rescue Sherry, and he chases after you and busts an elevator. And that's what sends you down into the sewers. 
so there's a way to get back up from the sewers into the police department. And when I did that, I didn't hear him anymore. So I think he gets despawned there as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but yes, also playing that game with the mod that makes it play X gone, give it to you every time yeah. Mr. X is here, <laughs> it really enhances the experience. I have actually started to get anxiety over that song. <laughs> the best part is it was perfect because the first time I encountered him, like he was like squeezing through a doorway as soon as it said, open up the door, it's real. And I was yep. like, this is great. <laughs> uh, there was that bit when I streamed out a little bit of it for you where he like punched me and I flew back into a zombie who immediately bit me. Great. Yeah. Resident Evil 2 is alright. I I also like that they've incorporated Mr. X more because I played the original game and like you don't see him at all in Leon's campaign, like at least in the A scenario. Yes, he did. And main... then he shows up in Claire's, but like only briefly. The main thing I remember from playing Resident Evil 2 back then was the moment in Claire's campaign where you're um looking at the cameras and just like see him coming down the hallway towards you. It's like, oh man. So that's in the B scenario. Yeah. Uh, with Leon and Claire, so I like when you approach the computer with Leon and you watch that. His reaction to it is to say, "That doesn't look like a police officer." <laughs> Leon's voice acting so good in this. Yeah, like it's it's not, but it's good. Just dumping into zombies' heads and him going, "Fuck." <laughs> or or like you shoot a zombie and it falls down and gets up and he's like, "Oh man." Yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, I do like Claire's line, though, where she just says, what's up with you? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> this episode of JoJo mm -hmm. is really something. Yeah. I, I have some real big thoughts yeah. to share with y'all. That's Should... good, you've entered the thought zone. <laughs> Should hmm. mention, uh, Share with everybody your experience with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. Um, well, I have. I don't think I've ever uh, experienced it at all, except for, I think it was the, uh, the fighting game on the PlayStation 1. Mm -hmm. It was one of them. I know that there's a couple. Uh, and I didn't even play it on a PlayStation 1. I played it on as it was like an ISO on a Xbox 360 that was probably like six or seven years ago that I tried that. And it's a pretty rad piece of apocrypha. Mm -hmm. like that game. Uh, yeah, uh, that yeah, was one game. Or did, uh, it, would that well, be the Dreamcast one? Yeah, it's the same one. Okay. Okay. Um, but that game is also kind of notable because it features a playable character who you never see in either the manga or the anime. And so really? they just had to, like, create a character model for her, and they based her off of a um, Part 4 character, Yukako. It's, it's just hmm. a weird thing. Oh, that's right. That's I'm trying to remember her name, but the one that got, like, all her teeth punched out. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so you said this character only appears in this game? Y yes, in, like, in person. Yeah, so that, that episode where she appears in... Uh, she uses her stand to attack the group remotely and underwater, so you never actually see her physically, just her stand. 
And then Jotaro punches her Stan's teeth out. Like, they get stuck in its mouth, and he, like, just busts every single one of them one by one. Uh, so the most you see of her is, like, this body laying unconscious on the beach, and Polnareff goes up and looks at her, and it's just like, oh, man. Yeah, he's like, that is rough. Jesus. So, yeah, when they put the fighting game out, they wanted to put all those uh, stand users in there, but they never actually, like, Rocky never made a character design for her because she's never seen. <laughs> yeah, so they're That's... like, yeah, we'll take this one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they just grabbed some uh, character concept off the off the big bulletin board. Yeah, like, you can look at uh, the art that's used for her in the game is like a direct copy of a panel from the manga of Yukako. Like they approached Rocky and was like, can you just, can you make a character design for us? It's just like, no. No. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so that is literally the extent of my, besides uh, maybe reading a few Wikipedia articles, like JoJo's has been kind of a part of like the uh, the conversation in anime for more longer than my entire life. Like when when did JoJo's drop? Uh, eighty mid eighty seven, I think. I was born in eighty seven, so mm. like I am as old as Mister Joe. It was it was during that period where manga and anime art styles were still being heavily influenced by Fist of the North Star, which we also watched. Yeah, yeah. Episode so. Yeah, like, if, if you go back and look at uh, the characters early on, like, the first JoJo looks a lot like Kinshiro. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Like, I, right yeah, down under the shoulder pads. Even, mm-hmm. even watching the, the, the new, uh, this, this episode that you, that you guys pointed me towards today, and then watching the, um, the Fist of the North Star episode right after, there's still a lot of correlation. Like, the only, uh... Obviously, like the only thing that's changed is just an update and the style and uh, what they're able to do with the animation and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, anime's always been full of crazy garbage. That's yeah. what we what we seek to uh, show off in this. And boy, oh boy, was there some crazy garbage in this! What the fuck did you guys make me watch? First of all, because <laughs> there is some body horror stuff going on in this TV show. That we I made watched. you watch the best episode so far of part five. I think so, was... yeah. Yeah. And and my favorite, maybe my favorite part about it, I don't know how many other episodes take um, this kind of turn, but the fact that it all took place maybe within, like, from where it started, it never moved uh, outside of maybe like a 40 or 50 foot radius besides one flashback that's That's, pretty common yeah that's pretty consistent for jojo's also it would be this would be even more jojo's like if all this actually only took the characters about three minutes to do but they stretched it out over a full like 22 minutes oh yeah i loved that portion where uh oh god i can't is it georgie who's the guy with the candidate on yep georgie georgie porgy okay (laughs) <laughs> that that guy was like you've got to run you've got to get up there and get the thing and he's and like he he gives this long explanation 
for like why he needs to do it and what it's and why it's so important and it's like yeah this whole time he could be going up there and getting the thing the MacGuffin that he needs but instead he's just sitting here and listening also to... instead Guido just jumps back in the water and is like no I'm going to shoot him exactly I got a gun Jimmy. And he spends an equally long amount of time explaining that to us as the audience, too. Yeah. J- Jimmy, welcome to anime. Uh, oh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been here for a minute, but uh, uh, let me also say, as uh, uh, I'm not too deep into action anime. I am not uh, an action guy. So this was kind of a, a turn, a left turn for me. Uh, but I really did find it exciting. I liked it a lot. No, Both of the well, jo- JoJo's the action anime for the discerning uh, viewer. You know, it, it's a uh, it's like a a kids on the slope, but with um, ghosts shooting people. Yeah, yeah. It was very cerebral when that Italian got shot in the face. Yeah, Guido just getting lit uh, up like Sonny Corleone. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of RoboCop, oh sure, it's like the opening scene from that. No, um, no, it was before we started recording. So, to so, to kind of catch you up, Jimmy, the, you you missed like a really great bit that was at the tail end of the previous episode that leads into this one because like it, when it starts, the car is already in the uh, in the water, but like yeah. at the end of the last episode, they're getting attacked by uh, Gyako and Giorno is just like fuck this, and, like, turns the car off the road and flies off into the water, and, like, the last few frames is everyone just kind of screaming as they just plummet into into the water. Yes. It, it did show a, a fun little snippet of that right at the very beginning of the episode. You get to see him, like, break the railing, and then they crash into the water, and then the car is suddenly floating. And I loved that there's, like, uh, two or three frames where you just gonna see uh, a, a guy projecting his stand into the back seat of the car just to beat the shit out of the ice dude. I thought yep. that that was yep hilarious. Yeah, uh, and, and also something that you should know in this dub or uh, subtitles rather, they changed the names of a lot of the stands uh, because of copyright reasons. So, Jorno's okay. stand is Gold Experience, named after the Prince album. Uh, they changed it to Golden Wind here, and you probably noticed Guido yelling Sex Pistols, uh, and they changed <laughs> that to Six Bullets. They didn't change the audio, like, they didn't bleep it out or anything, and there are even places where it, up, like, it outright says the name of the stand on screen, and they don't change that. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, and um, uh, Gyacho's stand is White Album. But by the way, kind of a weird aside, we brought this up what feels like forever ago that they changed uh, the manga back so Oingo Boingo is in part three when yeah. it was like it was like what Mandata and Zenyatta is yes. what it had been before that in America. So I flipped through the last volume I got and Vanilla Ice is still like Cool Ice in mm. it. So they've definitely not changed all the names back to their original references. So I especially don't know what is up with Oingo Boingo suddenly being okay. That that does remind me, I was thinking during this, uh, I wondered if Rocky was kind of mad he already used the name Vanilla Ice on another character, who, by the way, Jimmy, uh, his abilities have nothing to do with ice. Yeah. He was just like a vampire uh, guy. 
Yeah. The pre the previous guy who had vanilla ice because this this guy in this episode was like all ice. He was just Iceman from the X Men. That, that's right. So they had to call him yeah. White Album. Oh, that's oh a, that's I insane. still he already used still up the ice. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah. So the, there was a bit where he's sort of like doing this sort of like a Spider-Man pose on the car and like freezing everything. I think it's when he's like stopping Giorno from like growing vines. And like the thing that went through my head is like, man, Vanilla Ice would have been a good name for this stand if mm-hmm. it weren't already in use. Yeah. Mm. He makes up for it, though, with the character who uh, has, like, a poison virus mist that's named Purple Haze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we are far separated from the point in time where these were just named after tarot cards. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was still figuring out stands at that point in time, because also, like, the fights were much more just... Let's punch each other with these ghosts instead of like, oh, I'm going to like spend an, an entire 20 minutes explaining all the weird idiosyncrasies of my ability to you. Well, really, they just kind of swapped it around because it used to be that the, the characters themselves had super weird names and then the stands were just, you know, like Star Platinum. Uh, yeah. But like we always had Robert EO Speedwagon. That's true. And uh, Dyer and Straitso. Yeah, I mean, hell, even <laughs> EO is yeah obvious. Yeah, Master Ton Petty. Well, what they're doing with this one is, I, I want to say in part five, it's not only like food references, but aren't like some of these guys named after like fashion brands or like fashion models or something like that? Mm, I don't know. I know most of them are food. You've got prosciutto. You've got risotto. Yeah, but uh... like the the villains seem to be named after food. Yeah, I want to say like the main like the hero characters are named after fashion brands, but I might be wrong about that. Uh, maybe. Like I don't know. But like there's about no there's fashion. still a <laughs> me. Either. Uh, uh, but there's there's still like a naming convention going on. They're they're still sure. they're still going after something. So. Speaking of bruschetta, uh, there they ordered like six plates of it during that flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We should probably, like, get recapping this. Yes. The car went into the water. Yep. The uh, and then Giorno almost... Yeah, Giorno almost immediately is like, gosh, I think this was a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. He uh, freezes and his hand just pops off. Yeah. It's okay. That was, like, the first piece of body horror that I noticed was when it when it shows you his hand and, like, part of his pinky finger is missing and i was like these guys have been through some oh. shit yeah yeah that's guido but then like he also like rips the flesh off of his palm because it gets stuck to the eyes and in the previous yeah. episode uh the car started getting super cold and he like put his face against the glass and just like ripped part of his cheek off <laughs> yeah which by the, the way glass and was like oh it's what's fine that? now it's fine now they <laughs> yeah. just eh, it's okay but so jimmy you need to understand something about Guido that, that Larry and I have known and talked about for some time, because you've seen him get savaged in this episode, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> he has, within the span of maybe a couple days, also been shot in the stomach, uh, 
got progeria and rapidly aged, and mm -hmm. then got shot in the head, directly in the skull, in his dome, three times, almost point blank. Yep. Yeah. Execution style. Uh, and then, yeah, now he's had his pinky finger ripped off, the flesh on his palm has been seared off, he lost part of his cheek, and then he gets shot, like, at least a dozen times. Totally fine. And, and like, is it just because that one guy who gives him a handjob at the end can uh, <laughs> heal? Is that is that the... Is it just because he can heal? Yeah. No, well... Well, yes. Sort of. We we gave a better explanation about how it's not actually healing. Okay. Ah, but it uh, is. So, so Guido trucking on despite that is still kind of remarkable. But also, like, it's it's more just a general JoJo's thing that Araki likes to keep stuff moving. So if somebody takes on a severe amount of damage, it's been par for the course so far for them to just be fine the next time. He also, I see. He really likes to fake out characters dying to the point where there was oh, yeah. a time, uh, like, from part three earlier, where if a character, like, if you saw, like, their soul leaving them, basically, it was, it meant they died, as you would expect. Uh, in part four, they start just using that as a fake out. There's a part where a character in part four gets like half of his side blown out and he has like the whole death scene and his soul leaves him and then he just gets healed up and he's fine. Yeah. And the same thing happens with Guido. Like after he got shot in the head, like you see the sparkles starting to come off of him, but you know, he's still here. Yeah. Like a day later, still here and fighting. I think Guido uh, might be immortal. Yeah, yeah, like Guido's hustle. They all seem to have some level of plot armor that oh, oh yeah. keeps them going. Yeah, yeah. I, I have some more questions about this, but I'll uh, I'll save it for when we come up to it in that part of the recap. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, Guido starts telling. Uh, so the plan that Giorno had was. Since they're in a large body of water, it would take longer to freeze. The thing that Giorno had not considered is, also, that means he's got water all over him, and water freezes real good. So, Yako is using that to completely freeze up Giorno, uh, and Guido can't quite bridge the gap to get on land. So he starts telling Giorno to grow uh, plants out of the top of the car. Uh... Like I said, he tries to grow the vines, but it doesn't work, so instead, like, only grass is able to grow. And Guido has the most amazing plan I think anyone has ever devised in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is to take a bunch of grass, use the freezing to his advantage to make a snowboard out of the grass. Yeah. <laughs> snowboard along a branch of ice to get over to land. Uh-huh. That shit was bonkers. <laughs> I, I also like how uh, Gacho even looks at for a second. He's like, he made a sled. No, wait. A snowboard. <laughs> and I exactly already... how how anyone came to the conclusion to write this specific thing into the show is far beyond me. <laughs> I don't even know this... where this idea comes from. Where the fuck is it? A this is also like is, um... so. <laughs> he, he he's a very special person. <laughs> This is also, like, so far from, like, one of the craziest things that we've seen in the show. That's the thing. This is, like, 
I made a snowboard out of grass is actually kind of normal at this point for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, it's still great. I, I look at this uh, and I'm like, mm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Just because of the uh, the severity to which other fucking bonkers things have happened in the show, is that why it's yes. you're sort of numb we're, to it? We're, okay. we're like 150 episodes into the series, so like... Sure, that Italian guy wearing a quilt is snowboarding on a bunch of grass. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. later in this episode, a guy freezes the air around him to ricochet bullets exactly where he wants them. So, yeah, snowboard made of grass. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's like, there's so much of the show where you watch and you're like, that's not how any of this works, but it looks really cool. So it's very easy to just sort of suspend your disbelief and go with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I just checked. This is episode one hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> Not quite one hundred fifty episodes, like I said, but getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's there was a a moment very early on in the series where before we had stands, we had something called Haman, which is like energy that they gather from the sun, and they also like regulate it through breathing. And so they're able to sort of, like, transfer this energy to other things, and one of the characters uses it to turn a bunch of uh, leaves into a giant uh, hang glider to escape an enemy. And so all these characters jump on the hang glider, and this kid that they just picked up is just like, this is so insane, I can't believe this is happening. And another character named Robert E.O. Speedwagon is just like, I've learned to stop thinking about this a long time ago and just (laughs) go with it. Yep. And so very early in this in the series, you get a Rocky just almost directly saying to the audience, like, please don't think about any of this. Just go along for the ride. Yeah, Speedwagon uh-huh. basically just delivering the mission statement of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Speedwagon. So, <laughs> if only he was immortal, like literally every other character in the show. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I mean, sort of. He got his head split open and he was fine. Yeah, Vampire just split his wig. Yeah. Nazis put some band-aids on it and he was okay. Right. That's all stuff that happened. Yeah. You know, the robot Nazi man. <laughs> this was before he became a robot. Yeah. Uh, so, trying to figure out where we're at. The, the snowboard idea works out... Uh, up to a point, and then Gyako suspends his stand, and it breaks anything that was frozen apart, uh, so it releases the grass. I think it also, like, unfreezes Giorno at that point. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, uh, his hand's back on. Yeah, he just put it back on. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, it makes sense with Giorno's ability, I guess, sort of. I'm assuming he turned something that was not his hand into his hand and then ditched his actual hand because he Man. can't convert something that was already living. Or maybe he can convert that because now it's like dead tissue. I don't know. Giorno's ability still makes very little sense to me. Yeah. So. Like, look, uh, look the, at Guido. It's like his ability is he has little gremlin buddies that can kick bullets around. Sure. Great. Giorno's yeah. not quite so clearly defined. Nope. Yeah, I would say I got a very, a very complicit picture to that, mm-hmm. just from this one episode. So, yeah. Uh, but we get uh, Galco is like trying to swim up to uh, Guido, and this is where Giorno's doing his whole thing of like, 
no, we're on a mission. The the mission comes first to get up there, get to the statue. We'll figure out something with this guy, but like we need to get over there before he does. And uh, instead, Guido's like, no, I've got a gun. Guns kill guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this guy. The only thing that stops a bad guy with an ice stand is a good guy with a gun. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> that's Put that on I'm a saying. bumper sticker. Yeah, put the Punisher logo next to it. My other car is a stand. Mm. There's a deep cut for you back from part three. Yeah. And this is like where the episode derails pretty severely from from uh, like an actual goal that they set at one point to, no, 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 the thing that we're going to do now is just kill this Iceman, this poor Iceman. Well, he is part of an assassination squad that was sent after them. I don't have that information, Larry. Look, okay, so there's a hitman squad there trying to stop them because they, uh, Giorno and his whole crew, actually it's Bucciarati's crew, who, like, Giorno's kind of the new guy, uh, they're transporting their boss's daughter, um, and the boss, by the way, is going to turn out to be the main bad guy of this part, but they don't know that yet. Uh, and basically, they're all magic mafia. And this other crew of magic mafia want to get the daughter, so they... They're trying to track down... So the assassin squad is under the employee of the boss, but they feel that they do not get paid as much as the other squads, and that is unfair. And so <laughs> a reasonable course of action is to then find the boss and kill him. Uh, no one knows the boss's identity, but it is now known that he has a daughter, and so the assassination squad believes that they can get to the boss through his daughter. Right, that's okay. And, and... I, I was thinking maybe they wanted to just hold a ransom or something. This makes it seem more like they'll get the data off the disc, find out where he is, and then, I don't know, just kill Trish? Maybe. Just cause? Just cause. Yeah. They also know uh, that she's being stored in a magical turtle now. <laughs> yes, oh. named, named Coco Jumbo. Yep. Or wait, it was it. I, this is where I always get confused. Uh, I, is the I, turtle's name Mr. President and I the think, stand's name is Coco Jumbo? Yeah, or I the think other the way? turtle's name's Mr. President. No. The turtle is Coco Jumbo, the stand is Mr. President. It doesn't okay. matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You skipped so, a really good part, by the way. Well, I, what what did I miss? The bit where uh, Giorno turns one of the leaves that came off of the snowboard into a bolt, and then uh, Guido shoots it into Gacho's forehead, oh, and then shoots yeah, it off no, a whole I, bunch more. Yeah, yeah, I was getting there because he because if Giorno releases his stand ability, it will turn back into car parts, and that's why yeah, Guido uses it to shoot into his head. Yeah. Uh, and then Gakio uh, starts sinking under the water, and this is the bit where Guido's just like, okay, I could focus on the mission, get back up on land, but this guy's going to keep coming after us. He's not dead. This is JoJo's bizarre adventure. Of course. That's not enough. Yeah. Uh, so he decides to go underwater because he believes if this guy's whole suit is encasing him, there has to be some, like, opening where he's able to get air in and out of the suit. And sure enough, there is. It's, like, right on the back of his neck. Uh, so the plan's simple. He's going to have sex pistols uh, ricochet a bullet around behind him and pierce the back of his neck. 
It's so easy. Seems like a good plan. It could not be easier. Larry, I like this plan. Yeah, I mean, it'll work. Why wouldn't it? The... Well, I got, some, uh, I got some bad news for you. It, didn't, it doesn't work. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, why? It seemed, it's, yeah, it seemed foolproof. Well, it doesn't work because some real stupid shit happened. <laughs> oh. Wait, in this show... It's some real pedantic shit, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, Boy, it is. he leans his head back so that his spine is aligned properly, and that covers up the hole. Is that what oh. happened? Nope. I, that's yeah, what I because, saw. Because he's surfacing, he's tilting his head up, so the flap on the back of the helmet's covering the hole up. Oh, right. Um, Okay, I, I remember is the why... part where he talks to Sex Pistols that they're like, I can't see the hole, and I didn't know, like, what his head movement had to do with anything. But, yeah. okay. Mm. Uh, so Guido fires him shots to distract him, making him tilt his head down, and that's when they get a bullet in the back of his neck. Sort of. Uh, because we get this long explanation about how, like, oh, well, I can also freeze air. So, like, all this air inside my suit, I just, like, froze and compressed and it stopped your bullet. Fuck you. By the way, Guido was underwater, and he's watching uh, Gacho go to, up to the surface. And then once he's on the surface, Guido is also up there. Like, just like on the yeah. bank. Nope. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think this is where like he starts just dumping shots because he gets desperate, and that's when uh, we get the whole, the air is ricocheting things and Guido gets shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, for A the lot. first, but yeah. For the first, but definitely not the last time in this episode. Uh, and yeah. so, like, I was gonna say, Gacho like decides he has to give everybody like a science lesson, and he's like, you know, the gases turn to liquids, and liquids turn into solids, and like, okay, thanks, Bill Nye. Uh. <laughs> Gacho, the science guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. Guido gets back up on land, but uh, Gaucho's already up there, just like kicking over trash cans and stuff, trying to figure out like where this disc is. And then he eventually, because he still has the picture. By the way, this picture, Jimmy, there's a picture where they're supposed to go next and it has a clue about where they're going to find the next bit of information. Okay. Uh, this picture was previously burned. Somehow the assassination team has managed to do forensic science and completely reconstruct a burned photograph so that it is literally as good as new. They all have magic powers, though, right? None like of everybody them has... Yes, but none of that assassination team, as far as I'm aware, has a power that could do that at all. Yeah. Um, well... Cause they, they when they reconstruct just it, like we we scienced it back together. Yeah, mm. when they reconstruct it, the only character there I know what his stand power is, and it would not assist in doing that. Uh, <laughs> also, this the location of the disc they're trying to get to was given to them by a nice old man who shot himself in the head, so nobody else would be able to find it. Good uh, news. Yeah. It, Sorry, Mr. Pericolo. Your sacrifice, it turns out, was kind of in vain. Kind of? Well, I mean, 
they do stop Gyatcha. Uh, so. That's true. So uh, um, the good the good guys know that the disc is in the statue, but the ice guy doesn't. He just thinks that it's he just knows that it's somewhere around there. Is that what I'm getting? Yes. Yes. Okay. Also, here's the thing about that too. I don't understand why they needed a photo when he could have just told them where it was. Yeah. Like, hey, here's this really distinctive statue. Just go to this pier. You'll find it busted open. I'm going to shoot myself now. It was nice knowing you guys. <laughs> because they specifically but, did this because one of the characters in their crew has the ability to like rewind things and reconstruct like scenes from the past. And so they knew that only he could do that. So they just have him go in and like say that to nobody basically. And then they told Jorno's crew like go in there, have Moody Blues rewind like 8 hours or whatever it was. Anyway, uh, so we're back up on. Comes in. Uh, no, it's a bit later. Bit. Okay. Yeah, because there's this bit where uh, Jorno smashes his arm and just starts gushing blood, and is just like talking about resolve mm. and how the one with the most resolve is going to win the battle. And then we get the flashback where Mista is in prison. Uh, the this is a little bit weird because we talked about this in the last episode, how there are two parts to this flashback. The first part is that Mista was a very carefree guy. He just liked girls and eating cheese, uh, saw a woman getting raped uh, and attacked her attacker, took that guy's gun and just in cold blood shot the three people who were attacking her. Uh, so we got that like quite a while ago, but in the manga that was located around here. Yeah, it, it was in like the, what, like fourth or fifth episode or something? Something like that. Uh, as far as pacing goes, it kind of makes sense to chop that in half because this is a fairly tight episode. I don't know if they were thinking that far ahead, uh, but the bit about Resolve really does sort of tie into the second half of the flashback. So when this happened, it made sense to me why in the manga the whole thing would be here specifically. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a big question. Uh... In what part of the world would a man in jail for murder <laughs> have a chance to be let out on bail? It's magical mafia, man. <laughs> like, it wasn't so, even bailed. It, I think it was just, like, straight up, you're out. Yeah. So this is actually... Okay. This is actually a, a nice podcast episode... Because Jimmy is on, so this is in a way a recap of part five. Yeah. Um, because uh. we we very early in part five, one of the capos, uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, big, big, fat dude Pulpo. with the one you nose. Pulpo. Uh, he has been in prison for some undisclosed crime, but he still has a bunch of like luxuries in there. People are able to like freely come in and visit him. He's still able to conduct business. So it's already kind of been established that the prison system is bent. Mm -hmm. So Bucciarati showing up and being like, hey, I'm a mafia guy. Let this dude out. Like, actually does sort of make sense in the continuities. See. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Mista eats some really good food, and Bucciarati is just like, hey, you want to join my team? And before he can even finish, Mista's just like, fuck yeah! 
I like how Buterati manages first he has to get a bit in where he's like, also, you wouldn't last in prison. <laughs> I'm doing you I a disagree. favor. I disagree. Have you, have you seen the shit Guido has been through? Well, yeah. Out of all of them, he would last the most in prison. Yeah, you 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 raise a really good point in that uh, prison is probably nothing in comparison to what he has experienced since yeah. he got bailed out. So, yeah. Look, he, he, to imprison Guido gets shanked seventeen times. Whatever, put some band-aids on it. He's Guido. That's right. He gets out so he can fight a guy with a stand named Beach Boy. That's a magical fishing pole. Yeah, <laughs> or that uh, other dude with his stand Craftwork. That just also shoots him a lot. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, remember back when Guido getting shot in the stomach once was enough to be like, oh, man, he might lose this fight? <laughs> Good times. We were so young and innocent then. Every, every bullet that you take just prepares you for the next ten that you take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. is Guido a Saiyan? Is it like every time he almost dies, he just gets stronger? Uh, yeah, I think that that's the the general implication that I get out of most uh, uh, anime in Japan is just like, hey, yeah, every everything is like weight training. Yeah, he's going to take that hat off in one of these episodes, and his hair is going to be spiky and gold. <laughs> At some point, somebody's going to be like, ah, well, we'll we'll just go do something else. Guido's in the hyperbolic time chamber. Guido's training under a hundred times gravity, just shooting bullets into himself. <laughs> it's like five finger fillet, but with bullets. Like he has his hand on a table, he's just going blam, 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 blam. Jorna <laughs> reattached these. Uh, so we jump back to the present. Um, like. Giorno smashing his arm to spray blood out was basically, like, revealing the spots of frozen air. Uh, so Sex Pistols is now able to, like, aim the shots and ricochet everything properly. Uh, so Guido shoots a lamp post a bunch of times and then ricochets it right at the air hole. Uh, but there's, there's another layer of protection to this. Um... He's sealed the, the air hole up completely. Yeah, the bullet did nothing. Uh, and he then shoots the bullet at Mista. Uh, but he intentionally... Mista's plan this whole time was to get shot repeatedly also in the cheek. So his blood could, like, spray onto uh, Gyako's uh, helmet, blinding him. Right. It was all part of the plan. <laughs> Uh, and that, this... that we were all let in on right from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. This, mm. this is so far from the most contrived thing in the series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he stumbles back, and this is my my favorite bit of this whole episode. The shooting the lamp post thing also part of the plan, so we can create <laughs> like a jagged a jagged portion of it for Yako to fall back on, and it sinks this. Right into the back of his neck. Yeah. But it doesn't kill him. Instead, he's like slowly falling back from his own weight with this just piece of metal digging into his neck. Uh, until the point that he starts gushing blood. 
freezes his own blood to stabilize himself. Uh-huh. Oh my god. This is the second, like, act of body horror that I wanted to bring up, because, like, so we're... So we had the... We had the missing pinky, and then, uh... And then, like, Ice Dude gets lobotomized. Like, legit gets a screw, like, an eight-inch screw pummeled into his frontal lobe. Yeah. And then, uh, Giorgio, like shreds his arm and then this dude gets a a, a a spike just driven into the back of his skull like right on his spinal cord it's like these guys are really trying to kill this dude like they're legit <laughs> they're not just trying yeah. to stop him and put him away they want him dead out here in like wherever we are vienna or something yeah so so that's yeah. something that used to be really common yes. in JoJo. And then in part four, for a while, they don't kill their enemies anymore. In fact, a lot of them become their friends and just end up joining them. Uh, mm. But no, this part, they're they're back to straight up murking everyone they come across. Okay. There, there was a villain in part two named ACDC, uh, <laughs> right. who his whole power was that like his blood was boiling hot. Uh, so what he would do is his fingernails would flip open and peel back, and then these veins would slither out of the hole in his fingers and, like, implant themselves into people to try to fill them with boiling blood. I don't like listening to this. <laughs> it's important <laughs> I to I didn't mention... like watching it! I didn't either. <laughs> it's important to mention that JoJo, like, originally started out basically as a horror book. And yeah. there are still elements of that that show up here and there. Um, like early on, it was all about vampires, and there's a especially gross part involving a neck vein in part one that oh, I'm going yeah. to here. But um, should I tell him about the baby thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> all right, all uh, right, but I think I should. No, uh, but I but, want to. But anyway, Leave that one in the old filing cabinet. Keep yes, going there. Yes. Uh, but then eventually it kind of morphed into a standard action thing. And you still get, like I said, bits of it here and there. Um, there's one particular stand in part three that was basically a devil doll uh, that kind of gave me that vibe. But for the most part, it's just ghosts punching each other. To yeah. Total quick aside, speaking of dolls in part three, I still really like the bit where Kakyoin gets turned into a doll. And you do the stuff where it, like, splits the screen and everyone's having, like, a reaction to something and Kakuoins is just him going, Oh, <laughs> It's a good bit. Yeah. I'm sorry, I know that doesn't play for Jimmy, but anyone who's seen it knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. that's. It feels like that's what I'm here for. Just to get... <laughs> just to have shots fired right over my head. <laughs> Uh, it's going to drop a bunch of stuff that happened and JoJo's out there and he can sort of absorb it through osmosis. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Remember when there was Seriously. a ghost possessing a sword and then they forced it, like, they, what was it, they forced it to possess a cow or something? They So the sword uh, got split in half and then one part of it just started flying wildly through the streets and, like, you can phase through things so it's like, Oh, go to wall! I'm going to get implanted in the wall, and I'll be totally fine. Ah, shit! I didn't regulate my abilities, so I flew through the wall. Oh, there's a cow and a boat. I'll be fine. I'll possess somebody on here. Oh no, I got stuck in the cow's ass. Right, that was. <laughs> oh no, the cow's falling off the boat. Oh nuts! I'm in the water. 
And then, yeah, he, like, tries to negotiate with crabs after that. Oh, right. Yes, he's like, hey. Like, hey, Mr. Crab, pick me, me up. Yeah. Make it worth your while. There's a bit. That stand, by the way, is an Anubis. Uh, so there's a real good bit where he, I think, possesses Polnareff and just, or no, he thinks he's killed Jotaro and just throws his hands up in the air and goes, Yata! Yeah. <laughs> good localization. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh god, this I love JoJo's. <laughs> he this is a really good series. Keep keep going. Yeah, the uh, the fr- Frozen Blood uh and so what what they're doing here here's my thought process. If I were in Guido's shoes and I still had like some mobility, I would just run up and just dive kick this guy in the chest so the spike would go into his neck and he would die. Sure. Instead, Guido's plan is to continually shoot uh, his bullets and ricochet them into himself, but also into Gyako until one of them dies, to show who has the better resolve. Yeah. You gotta use your magic powers, and that's it. That's the yeah. end. Yeah. To, to his credit, it, it, it actually works. <laughs> sure. Well, no, it... I mean, uh, the ice guy is fine until the other guy comes, finally gets to the shoreline. Oh, that's right. true. Jorno does yeah. show up. Oh. There, there was one part yeah. here I didn't get, by the way. Uh, after he was shooting him, he says, like, oh, there's still one bullet ricocheting. And it looks like it goes into Guido's head. And then it just is fine. And Gacho's like, oh, what? And then Jorno's there. Like, it did was he because, feel it immediately? It, it was because Jorno reacted so fast, he was able to turn the bullet into a piece of uh, Guido's flesh before it actually did any damage. Okay, I that's, didn't get that at all. That's what fucking happened? Yes. Alright. Okay. I, I don't I don't know <laughs> if he turned I don't know if he turned the bullet mid-air into a piece of flesh, so it just sort of went like and like stuck to his head, or if it was that he turned it into that the moment it impacted, so the wound immediately healed. It was a real, like, X2, like, Wolverine getting shot in the skull, and then the bullet kind of, like, coming out yeah. in the ground yeah. situation for me. That's what it reminded me of. So that actually happens in the other one, where we mentioned he gets shot in the skull three times, point blank. Uh, he actually mm-hmm. had sex pistols, like, in there, like, in his hat, basically. Uh, and it like pops the bullet out. Oh, yeah. huh. It was still weird because he totally bleeds from it. Yeah. So like it got in there to some degree. Yeah. Also, he keeps bullets in his hat, as you've seen. Oh, yeah. yeah, I noticed that was the like it. It did this weird close up whenever his gun needed reloading. He would like kind of tip his head forward, and bullets would just kind of fall out into the gun. Yep. That's his, Very stylish. Yeah, it's a signature move. Yeah, mm. this this is keeping up the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure thing for me of the main JoJo is never my favorite character in a part, uh, yeah. except for part two because Joseph Joestar is fantastic. Uh, but like Speedwagon was better than Jonathan. In in part three, Polnareff was like the standout character and even Joseph to like a similar degree. Uh, part four, I liked. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. The dude with the dollar signs all over him. Okuyasu. Matthew Lesko. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, he wanted to give you free money from the government. That's right. <laughs> but, but like also Koichi had a more interesting character arc than uh, Josuke did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, in this one, it's it's Guido. Like his power is great. I like that it's more offensive based. Uh, his quilt costume is amazing. He keeps bullets in his hat. He's indestructible. <laughs> Could it be that it like the the secondary side characters are allowed to be like more flawed than the major principal character? That's kind of what draws the eye. Is that what, I, what it could be? I think I think it's more that at some point Araki made a hard shift into the series being more ensemble based rather than about the like main JoJo of each arc. Yeah. Right. Because and it, it almost seems like the main JoJo is kind of just meant to be a bland, like audience surrogate in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like, they're also sort of Polnareff is not flawed. There's no, nothing about Polnareff that's flawed. Is, he is perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're almost at by like part three. They feel more like the JoJo character is the anchor point that the rest of the action is taking place around. Everyone is drawn into them, but <laughs> we get more development for all those characters who are drawn towards the JoJo. Uh, part one and two was very much more about like they were the lead character. The series, the arc was about them specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, three is where that dropped, and I don't know if it ever gets back to that. Like, I don't know if part six or seven or eight get back to that. I have no idea. Maybe we'll find out someday if they keep this going. Yeah, maybe. Actually, this came I out just, earlier than I thought it would. Yeah, I, I actually, the fact that this part seems to be getting very well received, uh, and that this did come out when we thought that maybe they weren't going to make anymore. Like, I think that they're going to put out a part six adaption, for sure. I'm sure they huh. will. I don't it's know about, like, uh, seven or eight, though. Yeah. I, I think they'll do all of it eventually. Anyway, uh, to wrap this episode up, we get we get a explanation of Jorno's power that is is a bit more comprehensive. He explains that, okay, my ability is not actually healing things. It is just recreating the parts of you that you lost, but you'll still feel the pain associated with it. Mm-hmm. So, I can plug these bullet holes up by turning the bullets into flesh, but your body has still been damaged, so you're going to be in pain, and you've still lost energy. Yeah. Of note, so that's also... the thing about Guido, is he's been fucked up, and he's come back, and he can point to Giorno's ability and say that's the reason why, but we still get the explanation that he's still taken that damage and feels the drain from it. So yeah. Guido is great. Also of note, um, when Giorno uses gold experience to kick Gacho onto the spike, he does a lot of muda muda mudas. Just like his daddy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Recognize I that love, line. Yeah. I love my dad. Yeah, so uh, you know Dio, obviously. Zawarudo and whatnot. Uh, Giorno mm-hmm. is actually his son. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe this, you should have mentioned this that is earlier. A, yeah, this is a <laughs> weird thing. Okay, let me give you a, a brief... Brief recap on what Dio's deal Here is that you go. might not have picked up. Okay. I know some about this character. Like, it's it's pretty hard to be on the internet in from, like, the year 2004 on without learning a little bit about Dio Brando, so... Sure. Sure. But, but here's the weird thing about Giorno, is he's only, like, half Dio's son. And it's not to do with, like, his mom is the other half... 
there's some weird genetic shit going on with with Jorno. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dio and Jonathan, they were friends. Dio became a vampire. Jonathan learned Haman. They fought each other. Uh, Dio's head got knocked off by Jonathan, but his head still lived. And so Dio's head was like, I really, really like your body. And I want it. So he knocks off Jonathan's head and he affixes his head to Jonathan's body, chills in a coffin for a while, gets pulled out of the water that the coffin was in, and spends time acclimating to the body. Also, fucks a lot of women. Gets one of those women pregnant. The baby is Jorno. So Jorno is technically half a Joestar because it, he was conceived using Jonathan Joestar's body, but also is the son of Dio Brando because Dio was in control of that body. Yeah. This also makes the family tree a little fucked up. Joseph Joestar is Jonathan Joestar's grandson. So technically, Jorno is Jonathan's great uncle or uncle. I don't know. You did this before. Joseph fucked some Japanese broad and had a kid, but then also like had another kid and his daughter fucked a Japanese dude, and then they have Jotaro. So Jotaro is technically. So Joe's K is younger than Jotaro, but Joe's K is Nobody Jotaro's cares about uncle. any of this. <laughs> I I care immensely about it. it. I'm still matter. trying to figure this out. It doesn't George matter. cares about this a lot. And I yeah. do. Yeah, he that does. Matters, but I think for the purposes of this podcast, I mean, I'm not the. I'm obviously I'm just a guest guest star, but I am the star, and so I demand that you wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. I guess Joe Star. Uh, yeah, so they they heal Guido up, and then uh, Narancia's like giving him a hand job. Yeah, Narancia's riding up on a, a boat right when uh, Guido's coming. <laughs> In this hilarious scene, and yeah. he's talking to. Okay, so let's elucidate this for me a little bit. Uh, what? Why is? Why was that person talking to a, a turtle with a dagger in its back? You guys mentioned a turtle. So, or is that the yeah. turtle? The titular yes. turtle? So the deal with the turtle is... Okay. The turtle is a stand user. Animals can be stand users. Uh, that particular stand is that it creates kind of a pocket dimension within itself. And the key is the gateway into that dimension. So the rest of the crew is inside this like waiting room inside of the turtle. Oh, yeah. okay. It makes sense. Uh-huh. I, like, in it totally does. Absolutely does. One thing of note Legitimately here, makes more sense than Jordo's heritage, so, you know. You know, he brought this up. That, that's a good point, Jimmy. Uh, Narancia is just talking to the guys who are inside the turtle, and they're talking back to him. Uh, remember uh-huh. when they were all in the turtle underneath the seat of a trucker and talking to each other? Yep. He didn't he didn't hear him. Nope. Maybe the turtle controls it. Maybe. Maybe Whether... like maybe they're inside the turtle and they're like up near the entrance, like basically talking to Narancha that way. Yeah. Or broadcasting their voices towards the portal, but if they're just talking between each other in there, it wouldn't. Ario Speedwagon had something to say about this. That's right. <laughs> to yourself, it's just the show. I should really just relax. <laughs> Way back in part one. Huh. Uh, anyway. So yeah, we 
Yes, uh, Giorno's doing some stuff to Guido and Narancia, uh, it has a bit of gay panic and just gets the hell on out of there. Like, come on, Narancia. Nothing wrong with that. But I think, I think, I, I think his, uh, reaction to seeing what he thought he saw would be very similar to mine. It's not that... He is he is panicking panicking over something gay happening. It's that he's panicking over someone seeing someone commit a sex act in oh, no, I know. the middle of a, a yeah. street, and I would want to. I saw a woman give a guy out. a blowjob in broad daylight. I I understand. <laughs> <laughs> There's a special kind of panic. Yeah. I, I mean, I I agree. I feel the same way, and yet. I think you're giving Narancha a bit too much credit here because you haven't seen the rest of this. Narancha is very <laughs> dumb. Yes. Someone stole his banana and he's still very upset about it. Hmm. Uh, no, that's a... I, I sympathize. That, that is a thing that has happened to me where I've just rolled up on something like that also in broad daylight outside. Yeah, that was a... It was a thing. So... Uh, but then we go over to uh, the boss, uh, buck-ass naked in his suite, and he's uh, he basically knows that Risotto's coming for him, but even though you know he's got Team Bucciarati doing something about it, he does not seem too concerned. Like, uh, the implication here is, like, his stand would fuck Risotto up anyway, mm. so this is kind of a non-issue for him. Yeah. Actually, before we totally get off JoJo's, because I, I know Jimmy loves body horror, and speaking of the boss... Love it. That that whole, like, sliced-up thing that was at the start of the whole assassination arc. Oh, boy. I'm trying yeah. to remember the name of the guy that got killed, but th- this isn't the first time the assassination team has tried to figure out the boss's identity. The last time they did it, the boss decided to make an example of two of their members, and one of them, he basically made thin slices going vertically down the guy's body, encased them in glass frames, and then mailed them to the assassination team so they would lay them out end on end to, like, recreate his body. And Uh. then realized he was sliced up from the tip of his toes going upwards. (laughs) Also, I would like to mention here, though, this is important. At the end scene here, uh, you see Boss using his stand. Oh, I didn't know that. I know. Mm. You wouldn't, because you don't know what you're looking for. But he does it. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it again and try to figure it out. That's right. Before, before you move on, uh, I want to ask, is the music that plays over the credits different in each episode, or is it typically the same? No, it's been the same it's... for this part. It changes in previous parts sometimes, but not always. So Who's I assume gonna... that... Oh, go on. I assume you've picked up on the whole roundabout meme at some point. Oh, of course, yes. I, I yeah. can know for one. Yeah, so that was the one for part one. Ah. Uh, uh, part one and it? two. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was all one season. Uh, part three used Walk Like an Egyptian, and the second part was Last Train Home. Uh, and then part four was... Um, I always forget the name of the actual song. Uh, I Want You by Savage Garden. Yeah. The I I wondered if this particular the song that played over the credits for this particular episode was picked specifically for it because it matched so well no. with what we saw 
as like the last beat with the guy freaking out over the handjob scene. Yeah, I yeah. Like, oh. Guido's always waking up feeling so horny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was a very funny match for this, but no, that's just the regular theme. Okay. I do like that that song starts on that exact piece, like every single time the credits kick in. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyway. uh, speaking of, of theme songs, we had made a prediction a while back that they would have changed the first, like, the opening sequence by this point, yeah, but they, they have still, still haven't. not done that. Uh, again, yeah. I feel like it's going to change when Trish gets her stand, but I don't know when that is, is the thing. Yeah. My guess is that it's like part three where we get halfway through the part and then they change it, uh, but We're part four, Jimmy probably halfway. doesn't know they... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we are. It's no, no, wait, because to... it's like 45 episodes, I thought? No, I think it's supposed to be 38. Oh, okay. Never so mind. So this is actually the halfway point, I think. We just got done with like a, a season that changed the intro theme like four times. Yeah. But does so... it like, talking about it, it like expands the animation to include like new characters or information? Yes. Yep. Okay, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we, that, we that was get, the like cool 10 thing... episodes in and we change. That, that was the cool thing about the ending for the previous season, too, was it uh, changed as new characters showed up. And this one doesn't do that, which I think is kind of a bummer. Yeah. In fact, the, the end credit sequence has changed about halfway into what we've watched, but they've reused the same character models. Yeah, it, it just used to be like a, it scrolled from left to right, now it scrolls down to up. and The background graphics are different, but everything else yeah, is the, the same and stuff. yeah <laughs> well that's jojo's yeah put her to bed yeah if you ever had to sit down and watch an episode of uh jojo's this was a damn good one to start on uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I truly wonder yeah now you just need to go back and watch the other like 131 episodes i i fucking gotta don't i yeah it, it's good i'm telling you it really was. I was I was really I mean like it's one of those things that I think I've been um uh, kind of just skirting around for I mean like literally my entire life. Like 1987, the year I was born and and like I've been watching anime since I was in middle school and uh I feel like people have been sort of whispering JoJo about JoJo since for that entire time, and I somehow avoided it, well, and you know, so like my one, cherry's been broken. One, one of the things about that, though, is the availability in the U.S. Um, because for uh, a long time, like the manga, only part three was available here. Like that's what I, I had really. from Shonen Jump. Yeah, they never released parts one, two, anything else. They still haven't released part four officially. Actually, what which... what they've ended up doing is there was a release in Japan to kind of celebrate. I want to say like the anniversary of the series. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they put them out in like these hardcover deluxe editions doing parts one through three. Uh, and those have been getting localized And the last volume of that is due out, I want to say next month. Uh, but it's still uncertain if they're going to like adapt part four in manga form in any way for the West. Right. That and <laughs> there was no good anime of the series until this series, which started in 2012. There was an OVA series, but for one thing, it's not good. Uh, it's so boring. <laughs> yeah, second... They actually managed to make it boring. Yeah, and second, it was only an adaptation of part three. And they okay. started with the second half of part three, and then they made more episodes there the first half. 
Yep. Go out of order. Fuck it. <laughs> also, uh, like, when part four was... So, there has been, obviously, scanlations of this for, for quite some time, but part four is fairly infamous for having an incredibly bad one uh, that was done by, like, some group that, like... I want to say they did it as a project because they were learning English. I think so. this so. was a way for them to... Yeah. And so you got, the, like, the thing that, like, a meme sprang out of it of one of the characters uh, eating a sandwich and going... Ah, uh, this is a beautiful Dwang. Yeah, like that—that that doesn't mean anything. That's so. So it's been referred to as the Dwang translation. Yep. Uh. Oh, which is great because it's like it's a really hilarious read, but it also is you know indicative of how difficult it has been to kind of get at JoJo in. Yeah. For very yeah. Long time. yeah. Like I, I just don't like scanlations in general. I never really read them. Um, I actually tried starting reading Steel Ball Run, and I think I made it a couple chapters in before I was like, man, I'll wait for this to get animated. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I'm fairly comfortable waiting on them doing like an actual, like official translation in the West to get out some of that stuff. I don't want to bother with the scanlation. Right. I already do that with Berserk, but that's a bit different when like you get maybe four chapters of that per year, and getting an actual official volume release in America takes years for them to have the content to do that or a year Ooh, huh uh, that seems high <laughs> uh it's actually been i think seven months since the last uh chapter of berserk has come out great job mira uh-huh and the last two chapters that were released also had like jack shit going on so it's been fun reading berserk awesome so now yep. we're on to the second segment every time i look into your eyes Remember how once we caught up and we were only doing one episode a week, we were like, ah, these will be quick. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> we were, uh, you know, this this is a special week, but... Yeah. So now we're on uh, to Fist of the North Star, episode 141. Yeah. Speaking this of is, really good episodes of anime. This is some really super traditional anime right here. Like, there's a sort of a, like, monster of the week kind of vibe to it yeah uh, it i don't know it just felt really good it was all it was all very self-contained i was in very very much in comparison to watching the jojo episode i feel like i actually was able to pick up through context clues exactly what was going on which is really cool Th this Yo, is that very drove a train like a car <laughs> <laughs> that's true what the uh, fuck? This is actually a lot like the last episode of this we did, or last week, which was episode 83, uh, mm. in that it's it's mostly just standalone. Like, it doesn't really relate yeah. to the overall plot much. Yeah. There's, it there's does a bit that of stuff at the beginning. So, yes. And at the there's end. a bit of connective tissue at the start and the end, which is also yeah. consistent with the last one that we watched. But yeah, but yeah the, the real meat of it is, is really self-contained. You want to talk um, about the real meat of it? Let's talk about that theme song. Oh, it's so good. We're still living. I'm trying to like living in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, fighting in the 90s. 
They say living, we're living in the 90s and we're fighting in the 90s. No cry, no boy. Yes, no or boy, no cry. was it no cry. boy, no cry? Yep. <laughs> this great You are a tough song. boy. Theme song coming at you from uh, Tomcat. The was last that, episode... Was, was that unique to the episode, or is, is that I don't the know. whole... So, the, the last episode that we watched for this, the whole intro theme was, like, very kind of sullen, and it was Ken, Kenshiro standing over a grave and, like, not much actually going on, but it was still really great because of that, because it was just so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is such a weird way to open an episode. And then we got this one, like, the first few, like, parts of the song, I was thinking, like, this isn't as good. And then they started singing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of note that even though I was using episode numbers for the series as a whole, this is technically the second Fist of the North Star series. Because it has a big two on yeah. it, like on the bumpers. Um, okay. The animation also seems a lot better, like they had more money to work with. Yeah. Uh, something that we saw a lot of in the previous episode was a ton of reused animation. Yeah, like there uh, were even two henchmen to the main bad guy who came at Kenshiro and got exploded with fist power. Uh, and then they did it again, like the same two henchmen, they just reused the whole segment. To be fair, there might still be a lot of reused animation that's been carried over from other episodes in this one, and we don't have the context for it, but it's definitely not at all like the last one where we were getting reused animation multiple times within the same episode. Yeah, I, I bet that bit of Kenshiro punching is reused from something else. Absolutely. But yeah, that last episode looked like it got made for like 10 bucks. <laughs> this this is a fifty dollar episode through and through. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, you know that those nice uh, long shots of the train that doesn't run on any tracks, just going across the desert. Sure, I love that train. Yeah, because at first I thought it was on tracks, but then they pull out and it's not. Definitely no. not. Look, there aren't any tracks. And it's just like you see that. Do you see that village? This train is fully autonomous. We could go anywhere we want. Run through the village. Is that guy, like, I I feel like we should definitely talk about that dude more when we get to that part of the episode. But was he just independently wealthy that he could just keep a train going and have a fully, like, a full staff that serves him food and... I don't know. It's like Snowpiercer. <laughs> I don't know. You know. <laughs> I, I'm pretty... He's under the employ of, is the guy's name like Kino or something like that? Uh, K.O.? K.O. Yeah. K.O.'s I... Flying Squadron uh, for the Sega CD. I think he is, he's like the superior of Ken-O, who was in the previous one we watched. We're talking about the dude yeah. in the black armor from yeah. the very beginning? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's like the, the main bad guy that... Kinshiro seems to be going after he lost to him and he's been training and he does not lose twice I cannot be more serious about this Kin does not lose twice By I was way, uh I, I just I like super oh you go, you go sorry. I, I was just gonna say I really like there's a short recap at the beginning of this episode and it says mm. something about how Kinshiro was defeated but then this other guy just like rips off part of his face and then he is revived yeah sure <laughs> I don't know what he's doing it looks like he maybe takes an eyeball or something, but it's just like, and then he miraculously revives. And then it just cuts to Kenshiro under a waterfall like he's Ryu. Yep. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Kenshiro also looks oh. 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, Jimmy, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say to to maybe to even segue into your to your recap. I was really um, I was confused by the very beginning of this episode because it shows it doesn't show Mr. North Star at all. It just shows <laughs> two other guys, and so you got this. You've got uh, a dead lady. You've got another dude with a big old X-shaped scar right on the center of his forehead. And then you've got the tall guy in the black armor. Uh, and they're, like, having a conversation. And the dude in the black armor is clearly, like, I, I was torn between, what, like, wondering if he was a good guy or a bad guy. Because it's, like, a big, tall dude in black armor, definitely a bad guy. But he's he's having this sign of sort of, like, soft compassionate conversation with this guy about his dead wife and oh, but then I, he starts laughing in his head yeah 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 oh, and that, that, that comes pretty late in that scene like it's the very last thing that happens so i was actually kind of impressed by the fact that like if you are watching this week to week you're sitting down i don't i don't think they ever syndicated this on american television but if you were to sit down and watch it like after school on toonami or something then I I could easily fall for that character being a good guy for that first twenty five seconds of the of the show. I really like that. Well, I am. Um, it was kind of for the first part of that. Also, I was wondering what her relation was to him. Like, I thought maybe she mm. was his sister. Or wait, no, she. You're talking about the dude with the scar on his forehead, or the no armor the... guy. I don't even remember. I just remember being confused about right. what she was to who. I thought I, she was the Scar Guy's oh, wife. Oh, I was thinking she yeah. was Kinchiro's sister, but it turns out no, no, she's the Armor Guy's sister, who is the fiance yes. of the Scar Guy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who I think that they refer to the Scar Guy as Kinchiro's brother. The way I took that was more of like they're equals or brothers in arm or something like that I, and not literal blood brothers believe, but maybe they are i don't know i believe he is also maybe like a disciple of hokuto kenshin which is the fist of the yeah, star that, i think yeah which is why the armor guy is trying to like turn them against each other because yeah. they might be physically matched yeah. yes so his his plot is to kill his own sister that guy's fiance to turn him against ken and yeah he seems compassionate at first until when his head he starts going <laughs> Evil. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, but yeah, then... so so Ken's got a declaration to make. He he doesn't lose twice. Uh, he's training. He's preparing to go back and fight this guy. But while all this is going on, he's still got his generals out there looking for Ken. He's got a bounty on Ken's head. A a fairly cheap bounty too. Isn't it like fifty dollars? <laughs> it's like fifty thousand, I think. On the poster, it said like. Uh, ten thousand, I think the poster that was inside oh. the trackless train. Okay. Look, they can't all be Vash the Stampede. Okay. <laughs> right. We also have no idea how much even one dollar is worth in this universe. It seems like this is mostly we're on a mostly barter system here. That's with a good. Little point. villages that are separated by large tracts of desert. So. Uh, inflation, <laughs> am I right? Yeah. yeah this, this economy. <laughs> This is what happened when Kaio decided to pull out of the Paris Agreement. <laughs> so yeah, we get this uh, we get this whale of a man uh, who is eating something. I don't know. It looks like he's just pushing spinach into his mouth by the bowl. Um, 
which this is kind of great is we get this guy reminds me a lot of the previous villain we had from many 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 episodes ago and that they're both indulging in one specific thing that their henchmen are bringing up to them and their henchmen are even going this is a bit much he also looks like <laughs> king hippo which i yeah, enjoy also that yeah yeah uh yes. and he's talking about like he's on a diet but like not eating is bad for his diet yeah I I was surprised. I was trying to figure this out too, because like he eats like seven bowls of fucking seaweed or something, yeah. and then he's like, "Bring out the scale." I wonder how much, like I I wonder how much weight I've lost. And uh, they say that he's lost like five ounces or something, yeah. and he's like so happy with that. Yeah, tight like, my belt. Yeah, how? What? Where's the logic? in this you literally just ate seven bowls of seaweed brother like what i don't i don't fuck i can't fuck with this i yeah. like how his so henchman br- looks like anime paul schaefer too like, that's really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah he tells anime paul schaefer to tighten his belt because he feels slimmer now and obviously paul schaefer is not able to get that thing to move a notch and calls him a pig Mm-hmm. So he picks him up and sticks a knife in the guy's mouth, and he's just like, "Did you just call me a pig?" And keep in mind, I value people who tell the truth. And Paul Schaefer's like, "A little bit." <laughs> <laughs> so he slits the dude's head in half, just up the middle. Also punches him. Also flings the guy out of a train with a perfect human-shaped indentation on the side of the train, and yes. then the wind carries him away. <laughs> yes. Some Gremlins 2 level action in here. Yeah. <laughs> he makes a perfect bat symbol. Uh-huh. And then uh, the fat guy starts singing New York, New York. Oh, okay, uh, see here. Uh, Ken, I, Ken I, Shiro I... punches the vegetable gremlin and he explodes. <laughs> I'm looking at the poster. It, it does say 50 dot and then a bunch of zeros. So I think I was uh, looking at that and just like, I have $50. <laughs> that should be a comedy, uh, guys. So know, yeah, like, yeah, a dollar could be worth so much more. Yeah, or less. maybe it's like Bitcoin, where they're going like a a fraction of a cent or something. So they, that's why you yeah. have fifty and then a whole bunch of zeros. Mm. Yeah, you kill Ken and you get paid in cryptocurrency that you can't really do anything with. Yeah, well, mm. the only guy who had the key like died, and now they can't get at it, and it's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so this is where they spot the village, uh, coming up, and, uh, fat dude sticks his head out of one of the ports and tells the driver to just run over the village and also can't get his fat fucking face back in the train. <laughs> Without destroying the wall. Jesus. Yeah. This, the animation on this dude's face throughout this entire episode is fantastic. Yeah. I like how we, the previous episode, too, the main bad guy just wanted to take baths. Like, his whole thing was just, I'm going to take baths all day. I'm going to take all the water for the village and just soak it up. Uh, this series yep. is good. Yeah. This guy just wants to eat seaweed and lose weight. Sure. Uh, so they start running over the village, but uh, before they can run over an old lady who's in the path of the train, uh, Kinshiro shows up and just sort of, like, points at the train and stops it. So does he have psychic fists? Does he have what is going I on? I don't. I think he's just so strong that like he can 
through through sheer force of will stop trains at this point. Like it it seems like he's gotten much stronger since the last episode we watched, which to be fair was like fifty episodes between this and now. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know because I always thought like Kinshiro obviously he's a very large man. Um, but his main strength was in the abilities of Hokuto Kenshin and being able to hit specific pressure points, which I wouldn't think would mean he could stop a train, but now I don't know, he's Goku. You don't know if trains have pressure points or not. It's a good you point. You can like control his own chakra to the point where you can project a field outside of his fist and use that to stop a train. How about that? Sure. Look, th- that the bad guy shoots a damn Kamehameha out at the end of the episode, so <laughs> yeah, we're we're in full on like energy blast territory at this point. So, can stopping the train this way, I- I'm fine with. Yeah, it it makes enough sense to me, even though I don't know exactly how it works. Uh, but when he stops it, a uh, fat guy gets out. He's so fat though, he just sinks directly into the earth. <laughs> <laughs> and what did that happen? Because he jumped out of the train, or yep. okay. yeah, he jumped jumped out and was so heavy that the earth could not support him. Broke through into an aquifer, and now he's just stuck there. Mother Gaia lacks the strength to support one man! <laughs> you see, you can sit okay inside that train, though. The train's nice and sturdy. Yeah, you, you know that bit in uh, the poem Ozymandias where it talks about the ground crumbling beneath your feet? Th- this is what I was talking about. He was talking about this episode. This particular <laughs> Fist of the North Star. By the way, it cuts back inside the train and shows the poster again. Now it says $5,000. Or 50000 with three zeros after the point. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, he orders his men to go attack Ken. Obviously, they all get exploded. Yeah. This was my favorite part of the episode because it plays that fucking good song. That oh, song. Yeah. The, the, I learned that song from that Kajeto-kun video, Terry Yung Gung. I don't know if you know that you guys know that one. Oh. oh okay. I don't. It's a whole inter- put a curse on me. What? <laughs> no, that, that's the guy who made jumping on a white base, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, huh. all of over nine thousand, in fact. Mm-hmm. That's the guy. Yeah, you know I, I don't him. remember the specific one you're talking about, though. That's the thing. I'll I'll link it to you guys later. Maybe you'll get a kick out of it. Maybe not. It's a very old meme. <laughs> okay. His, his videos are, I think, actually some of the earliest stuff I ever favorited on YouTube. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to get a kick out of it. Yeah. It was that, uh, a song, a Japanese song where they say pussy a bunch. <laughs> sure. And an AMV that somebody made about uh, Captain Kirk and Spock being gay lovers. You uh, really crap. Set, set, to, set to closer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing. I should note about all of the guys Kinshiro explodes here. Um, in both this and the previous episode we've watched, nobody poses any threat to Kinshiro. Like, he just explodes That's... everybody. Nobody even touches him. Yeah, mm. just one one punch and they're dead. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Say you say. This reminds me of something else that I've seen not too long ago. Oh. Yeah, about a man who could maybe defeat insurmountable odds with a single punch. Ah, uh, that sounds impossible. 
Uh, <laughs> why would anyone watch Where that? Where can they get such an idea? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he, he beats all these guys up, and then a uh, fat dude rolls up on him. Uh, Kinshiro grabs him by the belt buckle, hoists him over his head, and is like, I don't fear you, I fear no man. Uh, tell your boss I'm coming for him. Punches the guy in the gut, gives him a tummy ache. Yes. I, I like specifically that Kentro says, like, until now, I've kind of just, like, swatted you guys away as you've come at me. Now, I'm coming for you, so go tell Kayo. Yeah. Uh, I also like that the, the punch that he gives this guy's stomach literally makes it gurgle and bubble, like, visibly. Yeah. yeah. He and basically that... gives this guy IBS. Oh, no. <laughs> when that happened, I felt that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, it, I have been... IBS. I definitely <laughs> felt that. Same. Big same. Uh, but I mean, when he punches guys in the head, like, they swell up and explode. So basically, he's just turned this guy into a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Sent him on his way. Uh, so we then cut to the, the funeral that's being held for uh, Kao's sister, or Kano, or... I, never I think it's Kayo, actually, but... Uh, and uh, her fiance. Uh, everyone in this town is at attendance. It's this, it's this big, uh, momentous event. Uh, they set her on fire, and uh, he kind of turns to the main villain and is just like, you know, even though I never actually married her, I feel as if though you and I are brothers. Let's go fuck this kid guy up. Mm -hmm. And then a train comes in. <laughs> yeah. Into the funeral. Yeah. Choo-choo, time to wreck this fucking funeral. Mm. Here comes the soul train. Yeah. Uh, this is where we get the Kamehameha thing. This is how the main villain ends up stopping the train before it uh, collides with the pyre that they got going. Uh, fat dude gets out. His stomach is uh, looking even worse. Like, just fist-shaped bits just sort of, like, undulating out. But he does a great impression of the main character. Yeah. Yes, he does. I like Which that. Which is wonderful. Yeah. He said it just like this. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they're they're pissed off about this, not because Ken's made a declaration against them, but because he would ruin this funeral and waste their time with something that they view as being trivial. Mm -hmm. As uh, if they think so the that fian... like, he knows that, and he's just like, ah, I've got a great plan. I'm going to send this train to ruin the funeral. Yeah. Which uh, only helps the bad guy's plan because it uh, piles more things on, uh, more grief on top of the other guy yeah. who he's trying to, like, groom. Yeah, even though. Yeah, even though Ken's not actually responsible for that woman's death, now it definitely looks like he is. There's, like, not yeah. a shadow of a doubt in this guy's mind. Mm -hmm. good, good, good plan. Yeah. And then that yeah, makes this now guy this dude's enter... just going like you're a demon. Yeah, he just like enters the dark zone or whatever. Yeah. Like, hey, oh, yeah, uh, like... this is this is pretty close to Super Saiyan. Like his hair goes up and everything. Yeah, and I don't remember if he actually even touched this guy or if like his rage alone sends the power that Kin put into this dude into overdrive and actually blows him up. I'm not sure. No, I I think it's just he explodes. But I, I feel like him saying, of... oh, "I'm sorry." 
I was just going to say, it's kind of like what Larry said before. Like, Kenshiro punches him so much that he becomes a a time bomb. Like, yeah. him, it just kind of comes out of him. It's almost as if the magic of the of the North Star Fist uh, knew exactly when the message was delivered. Yeah. And just sure. kind of like... Kind of like the the chief and in Inspector Gadget. Okay, <laughs> Ken Ken fisted this guy, and so then he blows up. Yeah, yeah, like, that makes sense. Okay, so I also like him though uh, saying, "Oh no, my guts are coming out," and then he. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm seeing His that all the time. Just... Oh god, yeah, he just gets disintegrated. Yeah, show. but from from yeah. the waistband out, though, like yeah. he specifically explodes in kind of like a, I don't know. It it was it was fucking cool, and yeah, yeah, I like this show. And the bad uh, guy also continues to like. I think two different times he says something about like the dude he's grooming. He says like, "Oh yeah, he's becoming a demon," or like he's embracing demonhood or something. That yeah. felt super ominous. Yeah, I love how gleefully evil the main villain is. Mm. Like he's just having such a good time being bad. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like he he thinks this is all hilarious. He's so into it. Like yeah, yeah. I killed my own sister. This is dope. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for. Fist of the North Star, uh, I guess we should take the vote. Are we keeping this on the roulette? I say yes for now. Although, as we're um, dwindling down episodes, we might end up cutting it. We so want we to see everything. everything on. Yeah. What other kinds of shows do oh, you guys a... typically well, rotate through? It's a secret. secret. We don't know. Known, known only to Larry. I don't know what episodes of what. Well, I don't know rather what shows are on the roulette. Uh, until uh-huh. we actually choose one. So, um, is there what, what things in the past though? I guess we question. we have watched uh, Slam Dunk, which is a '90s anime oh, okay. about basketball. Yep. Um, we have watched uh, Hunter x Hunter, which is a, a more modern anime, yes. also fucking bonkers. Yeah, uh-huh. Hunter x Hunter is great. Yeah, in in a way that JoJo's is bonker, Hunter x Hunter is also kind of nuts. Uh, yeah. A lot of that same sort of like explaining what powers do a lot sort of thing. Um, and then we watched uh, Legend of the Galactic Hero, which <laughs> some fuckass suggested to us. It was Rico, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, that thing you guys it turns not out like it. No. no. Oh. This is the, the point of the. The point of the anime roulette spawned for me watching uh, an episode of Bleach when I found out that the show was ending, and so I watched whatever the current most episode was without having watched, like, the previous 200 of them. So it was completely insane, because I had no idea, like, there's a dude living in a sword, I don't know what a Zanpakuto is, Ichigo got shrunk down, there's a teddy bear, I have no idea what's going on. And it was great. It was a great way to watch Bleach. Uh-huh. Uh as we decided, let's apply that to some other animes and kind of spin the wheel and go at them at random. Uh, so something like Fist of the North Star and Hunter x Hunter absolutely work for this because it's the same thing where you just get so deep and you have no idea what's going on. You just go along for the ride. Yeah. Legend of the Galactic Heroes is, is not that. No. It's a lot of just talking and German names and it's so boring. 
Yeah. It it See. might be all right if you start from the beginning, but for this, no. Yeah. That that might actually be a totally great show. I have no idea. Doing this has actually maybe made it so I never want to watch it. Mm. Uh, that's sad. I mean, I'm yeah. never going to watch all of Fist of the North Star, but I might. Like, this makes me feel like I should start reading the manga. Mm. I had the same idea earlier and actually started looking at manga pages to sort of just see what it looks like. Mm. So, Anyway, we'll figure out what we've got next time. Let me put in one This isn't like. What? By the way, I just. I... Oh, yeah. I just want to say, this isn't me like trying to demean whoever suggested that one in. I think that they maybe simply didn't understand quite the spirit of the anime roulette. Yeah, that's it, what it I was think. Bad too. pick. Probably a totally great person. You know, whatever. I, I don't want them to listen to this and and think I'm just completely dunking on. Yeah, them. I think they were just trying to say like, hey, here's a thing that people have said is good. You might like it. It might also be something that they just enjoy a lot, and you know, a little bit of me feels bad for maybe shitting on this thing that they enjoy. It's probably fine if I watch it from the start. Well, I mean, not I don't, everybody I don't can like. For that. Not everybody can like everything, so I mean, like Rico yeah. probably has his own tastes, and you guys both obviously have your own tastes, so and that's but, fine. Yeah. The thing is, that show probably doesn't line with my taste because I do like anime soap like space operas specifically of that era i probably would enjoy it a lot i just don't have the time to actually sit down and devote to that right now yeah i mean oh, I, you I, just said i sorry. put i, I also... put it on because i looked up images of it as like this looks like a a lot like gundam but yes not really yeah, yeah. but also kind <laughs> of watching it out of context like this has maybe sucked some of my enthusiasm away from also sitting down to do it yeah uh-huh. all right it's so like... one through twelve and 10, which is Yaketate Japan. This is a new one. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, this is about baking bread. I think. How many episodes like of this have they made about baking bread? 69. 69. Nice. <laughs> so let's start at. 30 okay that's uh in case jimmy doesn't know and to catch everybody else up we'd rather not end up pulling an episode at the start because then we get too much context so we divide it in half and then go with the later half of the anime make sure oh. we get the good or, or, stuff or roughly half like in this case yeah okay that's your guys's opinion of the of the other show that we were just talking about is starting to fall into place for me because i was thinking that we were we were talking about shows that you guys were actually watching straight through. No, no, no we we uh, go. Yeah, that's so. The, again, that's the thing with Bleach was I picked up a random episode with zero context of anything else that happened before it. Yeah, uh, I maybe watched like the first six episodes of Bleach like back in the day when that came out. It's sobering for me to think about how I was like fifteen years old at that point in time. <laughs> so it, uh. It had been well removed. It had at that point been about a decade. So, yeah. and so far, like we've liked most of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always gonna hit like uh, with, with going with a random episode of a random show. You're always gonna hit a fucking bridge episode or something that just doesn't. Yeah, it, it's also kind of it's also kind of tricky because we want to find stuff that we have really zero concept of. And to at least some degree, there's a lot of animes that Larry and I 
we we mostly understand the gist of what is happening, so it wouldn't quite work. Something like Hunter x Hunter, which we have zero familiarity with, was fantastic because we jumped in very deep into that and had no idea about the inner workings of that that universe at all. Mm-hmm. It was, was gonna like, when you said, uh, I was just gonna say that series was like full of like uh, these guys are called Chimera ants and they're like half human, half ants or something. <laughs> Here's a bug man rolling on a giant piece of dirt and they get stabbed. He turns out he's an octopus. I don't know. Yeah, yep. this guy keeps talking about his yo-yo, but there's no yo-yo in sight. I was gonna suggest if you if uh if you needed one to put on the big master list uh my favorite show one of my favorite shows is robotech but also that one probably won't work for you guys' needs because every single episode of robotech has a narrator that tells you exactly what's going on so oh. you you will be dialed in from the beginning yeah 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 that's kind of the danger is there's also a chance we'll just get a, like a weird recap episode or something but it's yeah. been all right so far which we we have a, there's a stipulation for that that if we get the recap episode we go with the episode that follows it yeah ah i see cuz the logic there is if they felt the need to do a recap episode then they are they're like okay the stuff that comes next you need a history about what came before in order to continue following this thing so we got to do a recap so it's even better mm-hmm. to do the one immediately after that because you would then have even less of an idea of what's going on yeah all right well I went ahead and I pressed the random button. I got a uh, 37. So it'll be episode 37 okay. of Yakitake. What is it? Yakitate, two exclamation points, Japan. Um, All right. And so That's I everyone's looked, homework for now. Yeah. I looked to see what this is to make sure it is in recap. This episode is called Survival Bakers on an Uninhabited Island. A beach episode. Good luck. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm glad I got to watch Fist of the North Star instead of that. If you were if you were stuck stranded on an island and you could only have one type of bread with you, what would it be? Mm. Sour. Sourdough, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz yeah. you can make a raft and use that to sail on out of there. I mean, I I might say just regular wheat. Well, it's, it's that's good for that the digestive tract and your <laughs> yeah that too there's no telling how much fiber you're going to get on that island hey hold i just clicked on the wiki for yakitate japan and there's a segment a segment called techniques and special terms and one is called vital gluten i don't know this is probably yep. gonna be good yeah well <laughs> uh, before we call it uh speaking of wikis i this is a, a weird thing that happened. I got a free can of uh, Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel from somebody, and I was curious if they had any like diet versions of it because I don't like drinks with sugar in it. Found out there's an entire Mountain Dew Wikia. What? It's just totally dedicated to information about the various types of Mountain Dews that are out there. The one for the Gamer Fuel even had a trivia section. By fans for fans, right? Sure. <laughs> Today's featured article, Mountain Dew Livewire. <laughs> oh my god. I uh, hope that the uh, the article about uh, I hope that the article about uh, Code Red denotes that it tastes exactly like a melted red otter pop. <laughs> sure. 
I just like that there's a bunch of faithful do-heads out there making sure that all this stuff is cataloged. Yeah. Mm. Do the do. And you know what? More comprehensive and informative than the JoJo wiki. That's right. (laughs) Man, I miss Suda's notes. Me too. We'll be back next week. Yeah. As always, I've been Larry Davis. With me was co-host George Brundle and our very special guest, Mr. Jimmy. You can follow Mr. Jimmy at mrjimmy at mastodon.xyz. And we'll be back next time with the final orders from the boss. See you then. Bye. Bye. Come on!